Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Okay, so this is how it's going to work. I'm going to give you everything you need, a nice little box with a pretty red ribbon on it, and then I'm going to walk away a free man. Okay? Rat and roll. Deal? If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Four, five, six. Do you know the average person spends a year of his life watching inspirational YouTube videos without actually making a difference? The average person will believe what I'm saying because I talk in a cadence that sounds thought out and factual, when in the actual, it has no meaning. It's easy to talk shit about technology and rhyme it with biology. It sounds like I'm saying something, but really I'm just saying some things. This isn't too hard to do. Simply take a phrase and reverse it, but make sure to do it fast because if you're not too careful, the phrase might reverse you. I literally have no idea what that sentence means. And now, I say you take a percentage of your check, say about 5 or 10%, and every week just invest in some really good cocaine. Our feature presentation. Hey, what's up, party people? Welcome into yet another all-new Kevin and Bean show, this time for a Thursday, the 14th of June. Ladies. Bean. Bean. It's flag day, you guys. Already? I know. Comes up it sneaks up fast on you. Damn it. Um, I don't remember ever doing anything for Flag Day. Even well, of course I have no memory of my most of my life, but in school even, do they do anything as a as a sort of a, a ceremony or a assembly or anything like that? We would all bring out our um flags of the world placemats. Oh, oh yeah, oh good. Yeah. And we would uh we'd have snacks from around the world. That was a good time. <laughs> Just really Really talk about flags and how much they mean to us. I guess I am celebrating in my own way then with my place. Really are so it's good. Um, I was thinking um, as the World Cup has gotten uh, closer and closer, and today is the day that it starts, and we all have the World Cup fever, right? World Cup. I was thinking as we were getting closer and closer that you could tell that Kevin was getting antsy about Mm -hmm. not being there. Like Kevin is a guy who hates missing a party. Right. If he, if he finds out that somebody's somewhere having fun, it really burns him up that he's not there. Yeah. And he loves soccer so much. He loves the World Cup so much. But he decided not to go to Russia because he thought it was too dangerous. But as we got closer and closer and closer, you could tell that it was killing him that he wasn't in Russia. My theory is that he went. He decided yesterday to go. Really? I think so. So he he probably te- he probably texted us from the airport, Alan. Uh-huh. And came up with, oh, I'm sick. I won't be in for a couple of days, right? Right. And then starting next week, uh-huh. every day, he's going to be coming up with, you're not going to believe this, guys, but my car wouldn't start. I can't come in today. I, and then hmm. a couple of days after that, there's a there's a raccoon in front of my door. Sure. I can't leave my house. I feel like it's not sustainable for, what is it, a month? Yeah, it's a month. Yeah, he's got to, he should have come up with something better from the start, <laughs> right? 
something more long form. Yes. Rather than have to come up with something new every couple yeah, of years. Yeah, like my larynx. Oh, no. <laughs> Crushed. Something. <laughs> then you have to work through it. Then you have to get... Um, Training on your larynx. <laughs> what? I don't even know. And Listen, your solution is better than mine? <laughs> it's not. I'm just saying, I don't think he's in Russia. Really? Because I feel like I feel like he would want to be. Oh, he absolutely would want to be. If I think it's more likely that he's just home, laying on a couch, can't wait okay. to watch 24 hours of football. Yeah, I think he's going to watch every game. I do think that's a that's a possibility. Yeah. Okay, so you you anticipate we'll see him before the end of the World Cup, then? I do believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you ever thought, Chip? You're poor, right? <laughs> yes. Thank okay. You, have you ever thought? Have either of you ever thought about uh, getting paid for one of these uh, uh, medical tests? Where you go in and they uh, test out some new drug on you, or even even beyond that, have you ever thought about giving plasma for money, giving uh, uh, eggs, you know, ovary eggs from those are the kind of eggs you have, right? Really? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there. What I'm saying is, there are ways that you can make money with your body and with sure. letting them do things to your body. And I'm just wondering if you guys have have you ever been poor enough to think I gotta I gotta sell a kidney or something? Hold on, hold on. Sell a kidney. <laughs> I still apply for sleep studies, and I'm, oh, I'm just never accepted. I'm like, really? listen, I really just let me sleep. I don't care if it's eight dollars a week that you need to right. do. Just I'll I'll do it. Yeah, sleep studies is another one where yeah. you, they they put you on a table and they hook up all sorts of things to your to your head to so they can look at your brain while you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Well, here's one that uh, I'm wonder. I'm wonder. I mean, I guess there are people who would do this because they wouldn't mind the discomfort of it, and they need the money. But St. Louis University Center for Vaccine Development is paying you to get the flu. They inject you with the flu. Mm-hmm. They've just announced that they have converted part of their campus hotel into a research hub for flu. Guests of hotel influenza will be paid volunteers in a human challenge study that aims to evaluate the efficacy of vaccines. So in other words, you go in there and they give you a shot that's going to give you the flu. They expose you to the germs and then they evaluate the tests on you to see if you get better or not. $3,500, by the way. I mean, if there's somebody out there who, like, really has to come up with a couple of months' rent or something, yeah, this hmm. might be worth doing, right? For sure. Plus, lose a few LBs. Right? <laughs> this is all good. So, and half of the uh, half of the test group, by the way, gets the placebo. So, they don't even get the flu, oh. which is weird. Yeah. But if you do happen to get the flu, then you, you know, they, they, they quarantine you, basically, in, which includes catered meals, uh, uh, you know, television, internet. If you twenty four hour medical care to keep your discomfort to a minimum, uh, to a minimum, and they're doing targeted research to help improve seasonal flu vaccines because you know every year they come out and they go, oh, this one's only sixty two percent effective, this one is fifty eight percent effective. They're trying to make those better. So I don't know if uh, that's something anybody would be interested in, but um, St. Louis University Center for Vaccine Development, if you want to fast thirty five hundred dollars, go in there and get the flu. I don't hate it. Yeah, couple days. Yep. I'll do it. <laughs> Sign me up, and I don't actually, and it's I don't know how it would affect me because I I don't I usually don't get the flu, so I I would get paid to get it, and I I usually don't. Right, your yeah. body is immune to the flu. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, but when the flu goes, I don't get a flu shot or anything. I'm usually fine. What if they I give am the you same double way, the dose? Way. They're like, yeah, let's the- really jack her up, and then we find out you're a superhero. <laughs> I mean, we always 
kind of thought it was no true. No one thought that. No I mean, one. Not a little bit? No. I have a... I don't remember... I mean, I'm sure I have had the flu. I don't remember ever having the flu. That would ever. be the worst superhero power, though. Flu resistance. <laughs> flu resistance, yeah. <laughs> anyway, get out there and sell some body parts, kids. That's what I'm telling you. All right, let's talk about today's all-new Kevin Beach, shall we? Yep, put your hands on the radio for KROQ. We'll do that. Thank you. Allie, I hate to say you were right. <gasps> what this time? I guess avocado hand is a thing. Oh. We'll discuss. Excellent. Also, speaking of the World Cup, um, we may need some help picking a team. As you know, there's no USA-USA to root for. How did you select your World Cup team? Who should we be rooting for and excited about seeing in the tournament? We'll take some calls on that coming up next hour. Academy Award-nominated actor Jeremy Renner on the program today. How funny does Tag look, by the way? Hey, So silly. He just canceled. What? He just canceled. Someone called Screener. Dave, what ha- where, where is Academy Award nominated actor Jeremy Renner? What happened? He's sick. Oh, or is he at the World so Cup? It's so hard to talk on the phone when I'm sick to promote my movie. What a dick. Right? He's doing the flu study. Oh, maybe. First, he can't film his movie without bro- breaking both arms. Right? Now he can't even make a phone call. Dude's made a tissue paper. <laughs> that is, I was very excited about it. Boy, that movie looks terrible. Looks so awful. (laughs) Also, uh, Jada Pickus. Dave just said he's back on. Sorry, the movie is tremendous. Hannibal Burris is in it. John Hamm is in it. Uh, Ed Helms. I can't wait to see it. Uh, Jada Pickett Smith is in the news this week. Allie did a story on what's happening yesterday about uh, her daughter Willow walking in on her parents having sex. Jada and Will were doing it, making sex, and um, it's got to be. The most traumatic thing ever, right? It, I think it depends on at what age. I think yeah, the, that's the a good older point. you get, yes. Yes. If you're horrifying. young, you're just like, oh, they're wrestling naked. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be taking your calls of walking in on your parents having sex, and we're not going to enjoy it any more than you are. Also, more uh, passes for the Aftershock in Sacramento to see Deftones and 311 and System of a Down and and uh, so many more that I should remember. So all of that coming up, plus Allie's got our first look at what's happening right after this on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Allie. What's happening? What's happening is uh, Jeff Goldblum. He's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame this morning. If you're up, ready, out and about, head on down 11.30 a.m. in front of the Hologram USA Theater. That's at 6656 Hollywood Boulevard. You may know him from hits like Jurassic Park, Independence Mm -hmm. Day, The Big Chill, The Fly, Annie Hall, He's been in so many great films. Yeah, he really has. What right? do you mo- What do you most associate with Jeff Goldblum? I, probably most people are the Jurassic uh, Park franchise, right? I would think. Yeah. Um, uh, for what me, is it, to you? it was um, The Fly because yes. that's when I met him and thought he was Bowser from Shaanaa, and he was like, <laughs> "I'm in the mother effing fly, young lady." Um, he, yeah, he was pretty jacked when he made that movie too, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he was. I mean, not Bowser jacked, so I was wrong. Sure. Um, there, but yeah, probably the fly because that's when I was a kid and remembered it most. Right. But uh, yeah, Ed Begley Jr. will be helping unveil the star at the ceremony. He's also going to obviously plug. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which opens up next weekend on Friday, June 22nd. So a big day down there on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for Jeff Goldblum. Well deserved. 
and quite the uh, quite the musician. Yeah, he's a, an excellent piano player. Absolutely, he's always playing at um, Rockwell here in L.A. and he um, he sells it out all the time. Great guy. I don't know him. Uh, at all, so he could be awful. Um, more details being released about the upcoming Batman movie, the one being done by Matt Reeves. This is the one that was going to be Ben Affleck's script, and then last minute they were like, no, we're not going to do that. Everything's horrible. Yeah. Um, the Hollywood Reporter said yesterday that the film will be about a younger caped crusader instead of the script that Ben Affleck turned in. There's no word on exactly how young Bruce Wayne will be in the film, so he could be a teenager, but insiders still say that Affleck is reportedly still playing Batman in the movie. So no word if there's a time jump, anything like that, flashback scenes. But the main villain in the film is Deathstroke, the Terminator, a supervillain played by Joe Maganello. And of course, all of this could change next week. Yes. As things seem to do with this franchise. Yeah, DC doesn't seem to have their their characters and their scripts and their movies and their plans mapped out years in advance. They seem to be winging it. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. I've got pictures. Right. I mean, sign that guy up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, problems for one of the bachelors vying for Becca's hand on The Bachelorette. It was revealed yesterday that contestant contestant Lincoln Adim was convicted of indecent assault and battery last month, resulting from a 2016 incident in Boston. I thought that they uh, they did a, a deep dive on all those contestants for stuff like that before that's, they put uh, on the show. That's what they, they said they do. Uh, Variety reports the DA's office confirms that he was found guilty of indecent assault and battery for groping and assaulting an adult female on a harbor ship harbor cruise ship on may 30th 2016 he received a two-year suspended sentence and if he stays away from the victim and attends three aa meetings a week the sentence will be tossed out however what i don't get is if he was convicted Mm -hmm. last month then it's been, you know, in the court since 2016. There's got to be record of that from 2016, so. right? You would think that that would have come up. Yeah. So ABC has a, a little bit to answer for on that because, you know, they go through a very serious vetting process. How is yeah. this slipping through the cracks? Yeah. And the bachelorette is saying, hey, uh, maybe don't make him available to me. Yeah. To unknowingly walk into a relationship with. Absolutely. Um, and VH1 has picked up an 11th season of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's averaging 1.2 million viewers a week, making it the most watched season so far. And they also renewed RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked for an additional season as well. And this is something, um, wow, come on, guys. Social media has officially jumped the shark as a Boston steakhouse has paid ten grand for a special Instagram table. Restaurateurs Chris Combs and Brian Pacini tell the Daily Mail that they met with influencers, architects, professional photographers to build a special space at Boston Shops where diners can snap the perfect photo of their dinner. This is so stupid. Yeah, they say it's a great marketing tool that can entice others to check out their menu and uh, they can reserve the spot ahead of time. Who is looking at an Instagram picture of a steak and being like, that's that's the spot I need to go to right there. 
I don't know, but I hate any story that involves influencers. Yeah. Here's the thing. A friend of mine is a um, restaurant PR person. And restaurants have him contact people via social media, set up big meals with them where they comp everything just in the hopes that they post something about it. And I said, well, what's the return usually on that? And he goes, nothing. They're a-holes when they get there. They're a-holes to the staff. They then post a couple pictures and nobody then comes in like, oh, I saw you on Jennifer's Instagram. So I wanted to come in and try that margarita. So they're not really influencing anyone. Absolutely. And they're getting all of this stuff for free and usually being paid for it as well. I've just decided I not only hate influencers, I want to be one. I am jealous of them (laughs) is what I'm saying. I said to my friend, I'm like, you're the idiots that keep giving these people jobs. They're going to keep doing it as well they should. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But really, getting architects and photographers and special lighting people to develop a table to take pictures at. Kids, I'll eat anywhere for free. Just reach out. Oh, Bean. It's just Bean at Denny's taking super stealth pictures. Oh, I love it. Check out this moons over my hammy. Hashtag yum. Right? (laughs) Just help me out, Bean. Some uh, future posts. Some birthdays for you. Actress Lucy Hale, singer Boy George... Current President Donald Trump and... Oh, there was a mosquito. I don't want mosquitoes around me. Well. I don't like mosquitoes. No one likes mosquitoes. I don't like those mosquitoes. I never did. Especially on today, the U.S. Army's 243rd birthday. Oh, here comes Darth Vader. And that's what's happening. It's Kevin and Bean. K U Rock Um, Allie, I I hate to admit you were right. It it gets easier, trust me. But avocado hand is not only a real thing, <gasps> it is apparently an epidemic. <laughs> Okay. An epidemic. I don't know about epidemic, well, but it's me, definitely let, a thing. Let me give you some facts here. Okay. Uh, from the London Times, no self-respecting bruncher would consider a late breakfast without a, without a little smashed avocado on toast. But for many, it comes at a high price. Surgeons say growing numbers of amateur chefs are reporting to accident and emergency departments with what they're calling avocado hand. Serious stab and slash injuries. <sighs> That are the result of failed attempts to penetrate the fruit's hard outer casing with a sharp knife before encountering a resistant inner stone, which is what they call the pit in Mm -hmm. Britain. The British Association of Plastic, Reconstructive, and Aesthetic Surgeons is calling for safety labels on the fruit to staunch the flow of injured patients to hospitals. Many cases involve serious nerve and tendon injuries requiring intricate surgery, and even then, some patients never recover the full use of the hand. That's a that's a high price to pay for some avocado toast. It really is. Wow. All right, here's a fun fact for you. Mm. Hard figures for avocado hand have not been collated, but it is a global phenomenon. In New Zealand, more than 300 people have sued for compensation from avocado injuries in the past 5 years. 
Suing avocado growers? Yes. Oh, For come injury. on. Come on. Why did you give me that fruit that had that stone in the middle of it? By the way, New Zealand is a tiny country. Yeah, that's a this lot isn't of all people. The, this, isn't just, this isn't all the people who have had avocado hand. This is just the people who have sued for compensation for avocado hand. Wow. So how many people must there really be just in New Zealand who had this? That are too embarrassed to sue because, my God, you cut yourself cutting an avocado. Right. Oh. Now, have you heard from our listeners that they have been the victim of avocado hand? I have. I did this story a couple days ago because uh, a woman on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I don't know, Andy, had to go to the hospital. She posted pictures. She cut through tendons. It was a bad situation. And I said in the story that there's an uptick in emergency rooms of something called avocado hands, to which I immediately got from Kelly... I've been an ER nurse in the middle of Hipsterville for the last seven years, and you'll be happy to know there's no such thing as avocado hand. Fake news. <laughs> right after Kelly, I got from Cheryl Williams. Allie, don't judge. I have avocado hand. Two stitches was kind of embarrassing. Next tweet, Sapphire Jones. Oh, my God, Allie McKay, podcast listener here. My friend just had surgery on her hand because she cut a tendon while cutting an avocado. Up to confirmed. Thank you, By the way, that's that's a serious injury when you cut a tendon. tendon, This isn't just just a skin puncture. No. This this goes down to the muscle. All right, you mentioned the chick from The Bachelor. Listen to this. Andy Dorfman, a popular star from The Bachelorette, is the latest victim of avocado hand. She needed reconstructive surgery after she slashed her fingers, cutting into an avocado. By the way, reconstructive surgery? Yeah. That's not just you go and they put a couple of stitches in you and send you home. Again, no, that's like but, you're getting boobs, maybe a nipple put on there. I'm not sure about that. Okay. Successful surgery. Tendons and nerves have been reunited, she revealed. She signed it. Hashtag avocado hand with emojis for an avocado and a knife. That's good information to put, <laughs> to put in the story, by the way. Thank you, Inside Edition. A TMZ photographer caught her at the airport in L.A. with her arm in a sling. Not my finest She said, not my finest moment. Good interview. 31-year-old Andy, who appeared on The Bachelorette in 2014 and on The Bachelor earlier that year, is now wearing a multicolored dressing to protect her hand. Emergency rooms are reporting more and more cases of so-called avocado hand. By the way, ordinarily, the mission of this show is to work our listeners into a needless frenzy. Right. I don't think th- I don't think this is the case this time around. I don't think we're crying wolf here. No, it's real. I think it's a it's a legitimate thing you got to be careful about. Injuries caused while cutting open the fruit. Meryl Streep badly injured her hand the same way. Not I mean, Meryl. If it can happen to Meryl oh. Streep, it can happen to anybody, I'm right? Saying. So how should you prepare an avocado? Now, did you think that when you woke up this morning, we would be hearing a tutorial on how to cut an avocado? Uh, No. Here it is. First of all, put the avocado on a surface. Don't have it in your hands. Okay, so put it on the counter. Don't have it in your hand. That's a great follow-up question, sir. Our Stephen Fabian got some tips at the New York restaurant Avocadoria. Okay, wait. Yep. There's a restaurant called Avocadoria? All avocado. No. And Ria. What do they sell for reals? Um, like avocado toast, avocado uh, salads, avocado. You're just making this up. You don't have any idea. No clue. <laughs> avocado ria. So you want to do long ways. Long Slice ways. Slice it exactly. long ways and so very gentle and soft. Spin it around, right? Right. Until you feel that pit in there, right? Yes. Okay. You give it a twist. Whoosh, boom. And comes Here you apart have it. perfectly. 
And here's the trick to removing the pit without injuring yourself. You're saying take the middle of the knife and give it one quick knock. Perfect. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't dig out the pit. Mm. You actually just uh, you twist it. Br- bring the knife down on it to so that it attaches to the pit and then twist it. Mm-hmm. That, that's how you do, again you you don't get avocado hand. And Spin it. Oh, and look at that. Lessons Andy Dorfman could have used. Whoa! Let's shame Andy at the end wow. of that, right? Oh, victim blaming. So uh, be careful is what we're saying. And Allie was right. Maybe yeah, an apology. It's real. Yeah. Listen to this. 626. We just got this. Kevin Bean uh, text. 1-800-520-1067. My friend is a trauma surgeon and somehow managed to slice her hand cutting an avocado. I mean, trauma surgeons, Meryl Streep. When will this end? (laughs) That's a great question. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Can you guys feel it? Feel what? Can Can you smell it? Smell what? Is it tingling where you are? Well, yes. But not sure what we're talking about. <laughs> not that I'm talking about World Cup. Talking about World Cup fever, you guys. We're only a couple of hours away from the start of the World Cup, the biggest sporting event in the world. Ali, are you one of those people who doesn't care at all about soccer until the World Cup comes around and then you get invested? Uh, no, I'm one of those people that doesn't care at all about soccer. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the end of my sentence. Right. No, I will. I will say I'm a little bit excited this year because I have actually. I've been to four World Cup soccer games. Why? No yeah. way. Yeah. I went, wow. Yeah, back in uh, Boston in 1994. Would you no like to kidding. know the the games I saw? No. Um. No. But okay. I mean, that's that's very interesting. I I I'd like I to know, Allie. Did, Thank you. Did not know that. I saw Argentina, Greece, Greece, Nigeria, Italy, Spain. And then um, Argentina, Nigeria. Again, you saw them twice. Oh. <laughs> Listen, you saw them I don't play know. Again. We had a lot of cocktails and we took Sure, the train. I understand. So even being there in person yeah. and getting caught up in the excitement oh, of... Oh, no, very well, exciting. But but it didn't, uh, it didn't translate into a lifelong love of soccer or following the World Cup. No. Not so much. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Spoiler alert. No United States team in the World Cup. The United States did not qualify for the field of 32 teams that's going to be playing for the championship this year. So that leaves a lot of Americans who otherwise might be invested, as they were four years ago, who might be invested going... I don't have a team. I don't. Uh, who, who am I supposed to root for? I've got to pick some some foreign club to right. root for. So we thought it might be interesting to. Talk about that a little bit. And by the way, if you have a reason, if you follow a, a club and you want to pitch them as the team that the, that listeners should should root for for the World Cup, you can call us right now at 1-800-520-1067. If you have a good, compelling reason why your team is the team we should be rooting for, we would like to hear from you. So we thought it might be interesting to go around the room real fast and find out who everybody is rooting for. Now, I can't remember. Uh, Christine, you would know. Kevin, is uh, he's out today. Uh, he's Spain, right? He's rooting for Spain. Yes. That's his team. That's his team, I okay, think. Because he, he, he follows Barcelona throughout the season, and a lot of those players are on the Spanish national team, as I Yes, but a couple of his players are South American players, too. Argentina. So, Argentina mm-hmm. and Brazil. Right. And so I think he might be also rooting for those teams as well. No, sir. That's you can only illegal. pick one team. You got to have one team. Because you, you, you can't just say, I'm rooting for these 10 teams. Pick a team and stick with your team. I think you can root for different teams in the beginning through the group stages also. Okay. <laughs> Get off All right, Christine, how about you? Who's your team? 
Uh, I'm torn. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these teams are not slated to do very well in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Iceland coming off of that awesome Euros in the 2016. Sure. Defeating England, yes. making it to the quarters. Like, so cool. And their People coach is a dentist. Yes. Is a dentist. So, I mean, how do you... I do love Iceland also because, along with Panama, this is their first ever World Cup. So it's super, super exciting just super to see exciting. them come to the dance. Smallest right. country by population to ever qualify mm-hmm. for the World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Not, you know, ugly. So, okay. you know, I'm just trying to sell Allie on this right now. Oh, I've already got it, too. Um, and they have uh, and yeah. they have the Viking trap, too. Let's yeah, remember they that. Do. Oh, which is, uh, something I got in Europe once uh, in That's college. That's not what it sounds like, Dave. Oh. I no, heard you, like, Bean. It was awful. It, thank you. Okay. It, it's like... It's like that. <laughs> wow. That's the Viking clap. So they have no rhythm. It That's what you're just saying. just like that. <laughs> so okay. I always thought putting... it more sexy, but you know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I can't really do it justice. So, Christy, we are putting you down for Iceland? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with okay. Iceland. World Cup. King of Mexico. Yo. So here's what I got. You know, normally, like, everyone's expecting me to root for Mexico because... Because uh, you know, you're the king of Mexico. I'm the king of Mexico. But I was told by Kevin that I can't root for Mexico. Why? So, because they're they're uh, an enemy of the United States on the soccer field? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So I said, okay, listen, I'll cheer for them, you know, on their own. But uh, what I'm really rooting for is my pals down in Australia. Woo! Oh, because you... I've been, been there? To Australia? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the only place in the world where wombats... And Kuokas exist. Boom. Okay. Let's go, Wombat Kuoka people. All right. So Woo! because of the animals in that, that country, you are rooting for that team. Hell yeah. France, you're going down. Oh, <laughs> wee wee. No. Let's talk, to, uh, let's talk to James and Carson, please, if we could, on line two. He is up first here on the Kevin and Bean Show. We're trying to pick teams. There's no U.S. to root for. The World Cup starts today. James, thank you for calling. Who you got? Who you pitching for us? I'm going for Peru. Uh, it's been over 30 years since they last made the World Cup or they qualified for the World Cup. I'm, I'm Peruvian-American, so yeah, it sucks that America's out, but you know, I'm super excited that I get to wear my Peruvian jersey now and, and cheer them on. Now, let me uh, just to just to confirm, Peru is a real country, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In South America, usually we have to always cheer for uh, Brazil or Argentina. But now that, you know, we got this team in my, my home country, and it, I'm super excited. Plus, yeah. how cute are alpacas? <laughs> oh, there's, like, you'll fall in love with them. Right? They're the best. <laughs> if you're going animals, I'd go alpaca. That's a very compelling argument, Allie. Thank you, Allie. I got to tell you. They're actually my pick, too, Bean. Oh, Peru. Yeah. Chip, why, deep, why are you into Peru? I did a deep dive, and mm-hmm. they were the absolutely last team to qualify, so they almost didn't make it. So I got a good feeling about him. Okay. Okay. Excellent. All right, James. I think you've won some people over here. Congratulations. Right. I hope you have a great tournament. All right. Thank you. Let's talk to uh, Marco real quick. Line three up next <laughs> to the Kevin Amin Show. Pico Rivera. Hey, Marco. Thanks for tuning in. What's going on, man? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, we're great, but we uh, we got World Cup fever, but no team to root for. What do you recommend? Um, technically, USA should be rooting for all of the CONCACAF teams which is uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama, the teams that they couldn't beat to qualify to the World Cup. But, see, that's why Kevin is holding a grudge and says we can't root for those teams because they're our mortal foes. Uh, And I I understand that, but, however, we should be united. We are the laughingstock of all of the other uh, regions. Um, So that's my 
That's my take. I hear okay. what you're saying, but that would be like the Dodgers going, well, let's root for the Giants in the World Series because they got there and we didn't. You know what I mean? It's, it's that's like, a That's it's, tough. It's, it's like... Yeah, and I get that. It's like the same thing with the NCAA tournament. I root for. I'm a UCLA fan, but I'll still root for all the Pac-12 teams because you know we, we hardly ever win that tournament. So why would gotcha. you not? Why would we not unite? All right, understood. Okay. You may be fighting an uphill battle there, but that I totally get where you're coming from. All right, all right, sounds good. Can Thank I? Can I just help it. the ladies out if they're looking for a team just based solely on looks? Sure. Uh, I will post a picture. Because that's of, not dismissive at all of no, women sports fans. Not at all. Um, <laughs> the Iranian team. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I back this. They posted a picture of these dudes in suits, and they look like models. But then, ladies, we have to take this into consideration. Um, women aren't allowed to go and see them in oh, Iran. Right. So they're right. out. So go for Nigeria, because their kits have a chevron style on it, which is a, an adorable pattern. Who's, anyone? <laughs> no? <laughs> World Cup. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. A few minutes ago, we were talking about uh, the World Cup starting in a couple of hours. World Cup. And we were all picking our team since there's no USA team to root for. And we heard compelling arguments for Australia and for Nigeria, for Peru. Well, guess who called the Afroline Alley? Who? Our little friend Nicole Alvarez. Wait till you hear how she picked her team to root for in the World Cup. Oh, you guys. Hi, this is Miss Nicole Alvarez. Um, I wanted to say something. I know that Kevin is a big soccer fan, and um, I often wonder why. But this morning when I was checking Instagram, I was checking my favorite Instagram, Sean Mendez's Instagram. He is a pop sensation and a stud. Anyways, his song, In My Blood, is the official song, World Cup song for Portugal. So I'm, I'm going to root for Portugal, I decided. Because after I found out that In My Blood was the official song for Portugal, now that's something I can get behind. Look, listen, hold on. Oh, it's a beauty. Oh, dear. They even translated to Portuguese. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. First of all, is Nicole perving on a teenager? Is that happening? Uh, technically, he is a teenager, yes. Okay. He is Canadian, but his father is Portuguese. Okay. So he does have, uh, I mean, he does have a legitimate claim to Portuguese heritage. Sure. So I guess it makes sense, that connection there. But isn't that an odd way to choose your soccer team? I mean, if you don't have a team, you don't follow soccer, I think you're going to find any connection possible. And if it's so. perven on a teen, it's perven I on mean, a teen. Look, you picked your team based on the based on the plaid in their uniform. So. I mean, it's a Chevron style, and I like it, and it's great. Guess, Go Nigeria. I guess anything goes. <laughs> All right. Um, what did we... Oh, yeah. Uh, Father's Day weekend is coming up this weekend, you guys. Yeah. And Jimmy Kimmel did a great uh, Man on the Street interview with people asking them the question, what did you do that your father didn't know about? Some confession that you want to make about something you got away with that your father never knew about. 
Is that you, Allie? Are you that person who can, your dad? You you and your dad have a great relationship, yes, right? Very you close. still at this point talk to him almost every single day on the phone, right? But there's got to be stuff that you've done that you don't want him to know about. Absolutely. You yeah. think I'm going to tell a microphone and Jimmy Kimmel? Hell <laughs> no. Um, I uh, I got married and didn't tell my dad. Oh wow. And uh, he was fine with it. Mom wasn't cool. Right. My mom was not pleased to not know that there was a wedding. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a tough conversation to have with my dad. But let's find out what the uh, what the men and women on the street in front of the theater in Hollywood where Jimmy Kimmel tapes his show had to say to that question. What have you done that your dad doesn't know about? Well, it's not really bad. It's just that on Christmas, well, I know Santa Claus is real. Come on, he what? bought all the <laughs> All the Santa Claus ain't real. Oh, man. I'm messed up now. <laughs> what is the worst thing you've done that your dad doesn't know about? Um, remember uh, this semester in college whenever I was really sick and I wanted you to come get me and get a hotel room? Oh, yeah, for one night? I was really hungover that morning. That's you why. Don't drink. Well... Sorry. You drink? Who are you drinking with? Uh, I didn't know you were drinking. College. Oh, honey, you're not supposed to be drinking down there. Mom was saying I needed to drive all the way down to college for one night and get her a hotel room because she had diarrhea. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is the worst thing you've done that your dad does not know about? The worst thing that I've done, uh, when I was in high school, the first time I did anything um, provocative with my girlfriend was in the back of your car. Oh. <laughs> uh, there was no clothes on. What's going through your mind right now? Well, he just he just was in the seminary, so that shocks me. He just left the seminary. <laughs> what is the worst thing you've done that your dad doesn't know about? Um, stole 20 bucks. <laughs> From where? His wallet. How much money would you say you've taken from your dad's wallet over the years? Maybe 80 bucks. Mm. How do you feel about this? Um, you know what? Uh, mm, I'm a police officer. You know what? I actually thought my wife was doing that. <laughs> so the takeaway is don't feel like you have to confess anything to your dad for Father's Day. Let him just have a nice Father's Day, right? Agreed. Right. The Kevin and Bean Show, world famous K-Rock. Hey, Dr. Judy Ho. Hi, how are you, Bean? Big fan of yours. So grateful that you made some time to come in and see us here on the Kevin and Bean Show today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You are a licensed clinical and forensic psychologist, which sounds like you must be incredibly smart. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I went to a lot of school. <laughs> yes, it, indeed. Um, boy, do we need you, doctor. Boy, do we need you. We have been hit so hard here at K-Rock over the last year or so with everybody from Chester Bennington mm. to uh, Chris Cornell to Avicii. Just in the last couple of weeks, obviously, we've seen the Anthony Bourdain and the Kate Spade suicides. And I, I saw Christiana Ampora on CNN last night who was saying that it's an epidemic. Suicide has become an epidemic around the world right now. Is, is that an exaggeration? No, it's not an exaggeration at all because suicide has gone up 30 percent 
in the last couple of decades. And that's a huge deal. And before we were thinking, you know, okay, maybe this is just among maybe a subsection of the population. We were talking about teenagers, that they had suicide on the rise. But now these new statistics actually show it's across the board, no matter what your age range is, no matter what your background is, it's hitting everybody. And I really do think that there is a a true increase and that perhaps there's a number of different things that have changed about our culture that are making it seem like it's an easier way out, which is really sad. Like maybe Mm. this is the fix, the quick fix to all of their problems. Yeah, we're an instant gratification society. Maybe that's the rationale now. Right. And I don't think that it helps when we see how people are treated Mm -hmm. post-mortem. When we look at sort of exactly, you know, when we talk mostly celebrities and how much they are revered, especially right after mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. commit suicide, I don't think that helps, especially the more young and impressionable ball lines. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, like, and there wow. is a thing called suicide contagion, correct? Yes, yes. And that's real. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it's so nice that I see the media trying to shift the way that they cover these stories. Yes. Before, they would go into so much detail about how the person actually killed themselves. Right. I remember when Robin Williams' suicide was covered... There was a lot of detail about how mm-hmm. he hung himself, right? They even made visuals sometimes. Oh, they right? animation. It yes. was horrible. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that that's de-emphasized because that's part of what really contributes to that suicide contagion. Right? I do feel like one of the first things that starts to be said after the shock of reporting the news, like in Anthony Bourdain's case just last week, is they almost immediately now go to talk people talking about how they either were aware of his struggles in the past mm-hmm. or they weren't. And I think... There's so much more awareness now that everybody is walking around with something going on inside their heads and there's and you really have to be careful and perceptive to get a hint that there's a problem, right? Absolutely. And I think that that is sometimes what loved ones struggle with the most. You know, could I have done something to stop this? Could I have seen the signs? And I don't think people should blame themselves because Mm -hmm. not everybody displays their mental illness or their depression in the same way. I mean, we certainly can talk about common signs, but at the same time, Unfortunately, when somebody is in that sort of very bleak state, they've mostly isolated themselves from the people that really know them the best. Right. And I think with Anthony Bourdain especially, you know, he is somebody who travels the world. In some ways, people look at him, they think that's a great life. But it's also an easy way then to sort of hide from the people who probably know you the mm-hmm. most and could maybe see those signs of deterioration. I think that's a really important thing to bring up because when somebody takes their life, immediately people want to give out the suicide hotline. Yes. And they say, you know, just reach out. If you're feeling this way, reach out. But Nine times out of ten, if you are in that state of depression, the last thing you're doing is reaching out. So maybe this this conversation needs to shift to, uh, we need to start reaching out more. We need to start reaching out to our friends that we know are depressed, even our friends that are the happiest. There needs to be more human connection across the board. I I, I totally agree with that, Allie, because I think when you put a suicide hotline out there, it's only going to help the people who are actually going to call the right. number. And you're putting the onus on them. Right. And when you're yeah. depressed, you're not going to be the person to usually reach out. People have to come to you. Right. And I think there's a there's a really difficult dynamic with that because people who are depressed, they do push people away. And it's mm-hmm. part of the illness for a lot of them. They just want to be alone, right? Because they're depressed. They don't want to talk about it. They're ashamed. And so sometimes loved ones do go away, you know, because once you've been pushed away too many times love people, they'll say, you know what, forget you. Like, I will go away and I'm going to do my own thing. 
And I think that dynamic really does contribute to them sort of spiraling by themselves and kind of yeah. being left alone with their own thoughts. This is the voice of Dr. Judy Ho here on The Kevin and Bean Show, licensed clinical and forensic psychologist. We're talking about the epidemic of suicides in America. Is it the case around the world as well, doctor, or is this a more uniquely American thing that's happening? Well, you know, the research is really right now more U.S.-centric. I think they're starting to do more research collecting statistics, but I would say that it's hard to really get the data also, especially if it's a country that isn't even really well-versed yet even in talking about mental illness. So for us, we still talk about the stigma that's widespread in the U.S., but we're a lot ahead of a lot of other countries. Other countries don't even talk about it, so they don't even have good prevalence rates for mental illness struggles. So I would would assume that it's probably happening also worldwide, but we just don't know the statistics yet. There are still people that I see on social media, and I'm sure you do as well, who look at some of these names that we've mentioned, like Avicii is a perfect example. Young, handsome, Mm. incredibly wealthy, incredibly popular, and they just can't understand how somebody who, from the outside, appears to have everything in the world to live for would right. make that that ultimate that ultimate decision how do you how do you explain that to people who just get they have a disconnect between what they think that person's life is and what their real life is absolutely I, you know i know that it looks perplexing but i think the important thing to understand is that Depression is really about your perception of your life, right? So other people can look at your life and they say, wow, your life is amazing. Well, the person who is depressed, it's about their mindset and it's about the way they think. And so if they have thoughts about their life that it's really not as good as it should be, it could be better, is it ever going to get better, especially the sense of hopelessness, that's really kind of what we're talking about. It's really their view of what life is. And so... Unfortunately, with depression, their thought process is usually the glass is half empty and also that the world is never going to change. So if you're dissatisfied about something that's going on in their life, they don't think it's going to get better. And the thing that a lot of people, and I think it is getting so much better now, the stigma is getting broken down little by little, not fast enough, uh, in my opinion, but people are still under the skies of, well, buck up, it gets better Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It is chemical. It is not something that just goes away. This is a medical issue. This is a disease. And I don't understand people that can't wrap their head around that. I know. And I think it's really difficult because people look at mental illness. And because it's sort of hidden, it's unknown, Mm -hmm. it's easier for people to attribute that it's maybe... A matter of willpower. Right. Just buck up. Like you said, Allie, you know, just clean yourself up. What's the problem? Well, you know what? It is a medical illness, just like any other physical illness. And we don't have that kind of stigma for cancer, for diabetes. So why do we have this stigma for something that is so important? The most important organ of your of, of your body, in my opinion, oh, it's your sure. brain. It's the Second disease most of the brain. important, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> Bean. Good Lord. Dr. Judy Ho is here. <laughs> Ali, uh, we want to take some phone calls, right? What, do you, uh, what, do, what are we looking for here, uh, if we can get some calls in for Dr. Ho? Um, well, I know a lot of people that have had loved ones that have taken their own life, and they don't know how to deal with it. One of my best friends um, killed himself and i i went through everything from the anger to the oh my what are you doing to kind of coming to terms with why he did it and embracing it and i think people just need to know a how to reach out to somebody how do we do that lightly how do we do it maybe even stronger um how do you deal with it if it has happened to someone you love maybe people that just want to talk and get some feelings out and see how 
how they should be treating their mental illness as well. Okay. All right. So calls on this topic right now for Dr. Judy Ho, 1-800-520-1067. And maybe, uh, and, and maybe, maybe this is something someone will ask because I'm curious too, is how do you know that you're dep- you have depression rather than right. just normal run of life sadness? Mm-hmm. Because that's, things are not always going to be great for you all the time. And sometimes it's dangerous and sometimes it's normal. So how do you tell the difference there? Maybe that's something we can get into as well. But your calls on this topic, I know it's kind of a zag for the Kevin and Bean Show, but it's very, very important because we're losing too many fine people to suicide. And we don't want you to be one of them. Give us a call, 1-800-520-1068. And we'll take your calls next right after this on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Our guest in studio here on the Kevin and Bean Show this morning is Dr. Judy Ho. She's a very smart lady, you guys, and she knows a lot about a lot of things having to do with mental illness, with suicidal thoughts. Uh, we're taking your calls at 1-800-520-1067. Coming up in about 20 minutes, by the way, uh, doctor, we're going to be taking calls on people who have walked in on their parents having sex. Um, that's something you <laughs> can never all around for that oh conversation. God, I, that's <laughs> happened to me. No. Oh, no. Yes. And you can never recover from that, I right? I have been traumatized forever. <laughs> it happened maybe 30 years ago, and I'm still traumatized. Oh, yes. Yes. yes yeah, I, you, want to be, you want to believe that your parents haven't done it since you were conceived. That's, that's what right. we all hope mm. to believe. But yes. That's a mistake. That's no, coming up naked. in a few minutes here oh, on the if. Kevin and Bean Show. <laughs> uh, before we get to the calls for you at one 800 I have a text here. What's the best way for somebody to get help or treatment or medication without insurance or with minimal insurance? Now, that's a great mm, that's question a because great question. a lot of people face that dilemma. They know they need help, but they can't afford it. That's a great question. You know, um, the secret is actually university-based clinics because universities who have doctoral programs that are training psychologists, they have supervised clinics where these advanced doctoral students are going to be working with these individuals and they do sliding fee to free, but they're getting amazing care. It's very scientific and evidence-based and the clinical supervisors are watching them the whole time. It's a really good way to actually get in the door. Okay, that's a good tip. All right, let's get to some calls on the air here. 1-800-520-1067 for Dr. Ho. Let's go to line one. Start first in Southgate and say hi to Sandy, who's up on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Sandy, thanks for calling. Thanks for holding on. You're on with Dr. Ho. Go ahead. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, hi. Hi, I was calling because um, this year, I'm I'm 39 years old, and this year I suffered a really bad case of depression that I've, I've never experienced before. Um it, it, I felt like it was a combination of anxiety mixed with depersonalization, mixed with thoughts of suicide. <laughs> and, and excuse me, but it was really bad. Wow. So I, I wanted to know if, if it has something to do with my age. I've, I have suffered anxiety for the past few years. I feel like maybe no one really understood what I was going through. Well, Sandy. Well, sorry. No, it's you, okay. Do you have a question? I wanted to know if there was something that would probably come back, if they had anything to do with maybe early menopause, I don't know, or hormones. Yeah, what about menopause? I've had a couple of people bring that up this morning, doctor. Yeah, definitely. You know, when women go through menopause or even when they're perimenopausal, sometimes they will have some chemical changes that do lead to mood swings and feeling down. Um, so when that happens, you definitely need to talk to your doctor. They might refer you to a specialist. Sometimes it'll go away, but if it doesn't, it's okay. There's treatment and mm-hmm. Medication or therapy can really help with that. And with Sandy, you know, how long have you been struggling with sort of this worst bout of depression that you've had? 
Um, it, it really only lasted about two weeks, maybe. Uh, to be honest, maybe about a month. It was it, it was things I'd never experienced before. I, I would explain it to people that I would try to talk to that it felt like being in a commercial for depression. I never really thought that would ever happen to me. And I, I didn't want to be on medication, so I researched supplements and, mm-hmm. and all types of vitamins that I could take. But now I just... That fear that it's going to happen again. Let me uh, me stop you right there, Sandy, and ask because you bring up a good point. Uh, There are people who just don't want to be on medication, right, doctor? That doesn't seem smart. Yeah, you know, it's hard. You know, people, you know, there's all kinds of stigma also against medication for mental illness, right? And Sandy, I would say, you know, for whatever reason that you're not considering medication, you know, I, I would just maybe open your mind to it a little bit. But in the meantime, think about getting um, some treatment on the sort of social, psychosocial side. So cognitive behavioral therapy is the gold standard for depression when you don't want to take medication. It also is great and adjunctive with medication. So I would look into that. It's a really practical type of therapy where it teaches you coping skills to deal. And Sandy, one month is not so bad, but I think it's more the severity and the depth of your depression that concerns me and the fact that you even had some suicidal thoughts. I can't tell you if it's going to come back, but I can tell you that you can cope with it. So if you go and get treatment and stop looking at supplements, because we don't really know what those do. There's no evidence for those. So Go and find a cognitive behavioral therapist to start and then start that medication discussion. But in the meantime, that cognitive behavioral therapy is really going to help you with coping skills so that if these feelings do come back, you know how to deal with them. Sandy, we appreciate you and we thank you for calling. And uh, please get back in touch with us and let us know you're doing better down the road, I hope. All right. 1-800-520-1067. Let's go to uh, Lindsay. She's on line four calling from Los Angeles. I think she has a question that is going to echo with a lot of our listeners. Lindsay, welcome to the Kevin Bean Show. And you're on with Dr. Ho. Hey, guys. Thanks. Um, I am actually a spouse of somebody who suffers from severe depression. Um, he's an emergency veterinarian, so and he loves what he does. But the environment that which he works in is very toxic. And can be, obviously, all he sees is negativity, which is really, really hard. Um, And so when it's really great, it's really great. And when it's really bad, it's very bad. So as a spouse and somebody who doesn't suffer from depression, Mm. it's like everything I do to help trigger something. So it's like I I try to say, hey, you know, are you going to see your therapist? Are Are you taking the steps? And that only upsets him more. Mm. which is totally understandable. But on my end, I'm like, okay, I really want to help. I see my husband in pain. That's my partner. You know, when, when he suffers, yeah. I suffer. And I, I'm not saying that saying I suffer any, any worse. It's just, I don't know the steps I need to take in order to keep myself healthy. As what well about as- that doctor? It's real tough to feel like you're walking on eggshells because everything oh. you say is upsetting to someone, right? Absolutely. And Lindsay, what we feel you, you know, I mean, just because you're not the one actually suffering from depression, you know, it's actually really hard to care for somebody with depression because they do push you away. We were just talking about that before the break. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're trying to sort of kind of keep him on his appointments, make sure he's doing what he's doing, but then he really feels judged by that. And I think the best thing that you can do as a loved one is just be there for 
them and ask them what they need from you. You know, I think every day it can be different with somebody who's really severely depressed. Some days they're feeling great. And then when you say, hey, did you see your therapist? And that can trigger them. It's like, I'm feeling fine today. Why are you doing this to me? So I think you just have to take it day by day and just be there for him. I know it's hard to like stay in there, but just be there, sit next to him, ask him what he needs from you today. Every day can be a little different. You can, of course, encourage him to get help. That's important. But let him and his doctor handle it. So if he says, I am still in touch with my doctor, ask for permission to speak to that doctor. Ask for your for your um, husband to sign over a release that you can check in with a doctor directly about oh. what he's doing. That's another good way to keep yeah. tabs on the person instead of having to like actually talk to them directly and make them feel triggered, if that makes sense. Right. Thank you for the call, Lindsay. We really appreciate it. We're going to squeeze in just one more. Uh, Allie, you wanted line six? Is that the one you um, want? Yeah, we've, uh, we've talked a little bit about it, but how do we then approach people that are distancing themselves? I think that's Eric's question. Yeah. Hi, Eric. Um, I think, hi. Um, So, you know, if you have a loved one who is distancing themselves from you, what have you done to try to bring them back? Is there anything that you've tried to sort of get re-engage them? The first thing I always try to do is just try to start a conversation. Like, this person, she's always trying to push me away. She says she hates me. I actually got to a point that she said she wants me dead because I'm trying Uh. to help her. So what I do is I just try to initiate a conversation, something we have common ground on. Right. Just keep going from there. See what we can do. Yeah, you know it's it really tough. Yeah, they really do. They really do push you away. And again, that's their illness, and it's hard to to not feel you know sort of upset by that and want to go away. Yeah, don't I, take it personally, right? No, don't yeah. take it personally. But you know, no texting. I really think again that real connection, Ali. We were just Absolutely. talking about this. You got to call them. You got to show up at their house. Let me take you out for coffee. Let's go out to dinner. Come on, let's get dressed. Let's clean up your room. I mean, just go and actually have community with them. Just check in on them every few days. And if they say, go away, okay, well, but I brought you some coffee. Let me sit with you for 20 minutes and then I'll go, right? But you can keep it time limited, but I think that real connection is very important. Absolutely. Eric, good luck to you, my friend. Thank you for calling. Oh, man, I'm so sorry that we're out of time. Um, this is such an important discussion. And I, I think, Doctor, if I, if I understand you correctly, we've got a long way to go. But we are going in the right direction in this country with how we deal with and how we talk about mental illness and particularly suicide, right? Absolutely. And I just want to thank you guys for having this conversation because we need to talk about it to further destigmatize mm-hmm. this whole thing. You know, it is the same as a physical illness. It's medical. Let's treat it as such and let's stop this epidemic of suicide. Amen. Those are those are very important words. Take that away from this conversation. All right. Um, hey, doctor, before you go, um, you're going to be on a new CBS TV show in the fall? I am. I'm going to be a co-host on a new show called Face the Truth. It's a daytime television show. It's conflict resolution. Um, our host is Vivica Fox, and oh. it's going to be really interesting. Um, it's going to be a really fun project. Well, when, uh, when we get it up and on the air, please come back and see us, okay? I will. Thank you. All right. Thanks, doc. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, K-R-O-Q. I think the Imagine Dragons have a camera on our studio, That's what I'm saying. That's very weird. Yes. Should I explain? Yes. (laughs) I won't. No, I I just, I opened up an email about Dan Reynolds' um, documentary called Believer, Mm-hmm. Right as that song started, it was sent to my... E- it was weird, is That's all I'm saying. That's a little saying. creepy. That's all I'm creepy. saying. 
Yeah. We're going to have uh, Dan on from Imagine Dragons, I think, uh, next week here on The Kevin Bean Show. So we're very much looking forward to that. Hey, it's a Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in. 754 Alley's here with What's Happening. And then we'll get into those stories about you walking in on your parents. Can't wait. That's oh, not going to be awkward at all. Not a, even a little bit. Um, we were talking last hour about Dr. Sleep, the Stephen King novel. It's um, basically the sequel to The Shining. What becomes of Danny Torrance? The young man who was just a kid when The Shining happened at the Overlook Hotel. He's now an adult, uh, but unfortunately, he has uh, he's turned into quite the reflection of his murderous father, played by Jack Nicholson in the original film. Doctor Sleep is going to be a movie, and we now know who will be playing Danny Torrance. No ho, Hank. No ho, Hank will not. However, he'd be delightful. Let's Jesus. be honest. Jesus is uh, not available during this time. Clayne Crawford. Clayne Crawford, no, although not working on, um, what's the show? Uh, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, yeah. he's uh, He's got time, but not him. Isil Puig. Isil Puig is busy with the Dodgers. How's everybody doing? My name is Mr. Wacky. <gasps> I would love Mr. Wacky. He's <laughs> nuts. I'd, I'd even like these nuts. The President of the United States and the Commander of Cheese. Uh, Commander of Cheese will not be making it. Boba Fett. Nope, nor Boba Fett. Icky the Iguana. Uh, nope, that would be quite a quite a stretch, though. Turd Ferguson. No, Turd is very busy. Channing Tatum and Tatum Dewan Tatum. Neither of them. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Oh, that would be an interesting choice. No. Fergie. Fergie, nope. Uncle Fat. Uncle Fat is not going to make it for this one. Kim Jong-un, the hereditary spoiled brat demon chipmunk. Uh, nope, uh, Alex Jones, not Count him. Count Smokula. Nor Count Smokula. Thank you, though. Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah, very busy. DJ Jesse Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no? Can I tell you? And I'm comedy legend Ted Danson. <laughs> Ted Danson is busy. as a TV show. Lady Gaga! Lady Gaga's, uh, she's busy. She's got a movie coming out. Jack. <laughs> Just Jack? Nope. Sarah Abramson? Good guess, though, lady. Nope. The late, great Abraham Lincoln. I feel like just by saying late, uh, you know he can't do it. Be real. No. Mr. Oscar De La Hoya. It's Ewan McGregor, you guys. It's Ewan McGregor. Oh, I was just going to guess that. Were you? So close. Yeah. That's a. Uh, what, what are we even talking about? We're talking about Stephen King's novel, Doctor Sleep, being made oh, into right, a movie. Oh, right, from like 10 minutes ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. Ewan McGregor will be playing young Danny Torrance as an okay. older Danny Torrance. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not going to lie. Looks okay. real good. Um, remember on Monday we discussed those, uh, dare I say, bitchy tweets from Neil Patrick Harris to Rachel Bloom? Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. That's kind of bad form. Yeah, uh, she was hosting the backstage segments during the Tony Awards, and Neil Patrick Harris tweeted, "Who's the woman in the top hat backstage at the Tony Awards?" Gideon remarked that she was that she says like and oh my god a lot. I'm confused. To which Rachel Bloom responded, "I'm a big fan of yours. We've met numerous times, and my husband Dan Greger wrote for How I Met Your Mother for five years. Notably, he wrote the episode where your character finally meets his father." Well, yesterday, in an interview with GQ, she was asked about it, and the writer said he was super confused and wasn't sure if it was actually a bit. Like, were they just kind of playing with each other because he was a host of the Tony Awards in the past? Maybe get some more eyeballs on it, that type of thing. And this is her quote. No, 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 it wasn't a joke. Basically, I saw that tweet, and I was kind of devastated. I was actually going to tweet... 
this makes me sad. But then I was like, eh, I don't want to give him that necessarily. Look, I've met him a couple times. Very recently, backstage in the dressing room of a Broadway show, we hung out for a solid 15 minutes with the star of the Broadway show. It was just bizarre to me that it wouldn't ring a bell. And also that he wouldn't Google it. So, that of course got spread around on social media. And Neil Patrick Harris has formally apologized. He says, sincere apologies to Rachel for my Tony tweet. I failed to research her before pressing send. And what I thought was a funny comment in our living room must have been far from funny to read backstage mid-show. As a performer and a parent, I should have known better. That's uh, All right. appropriate. All right, NPH. And of course, in graceful fashion, she responded, Hi, thank you for this. Apology accepted. Beef squashed! <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, a Tony beef, though. I mean, that was that was a big beef this year. I think a, I think a lot of people felt that it was him punching down a little bit too, because he's so famous that he would just sit there and not even bother to look up somebody in show business. You know what I mean? Just make fun of them like that. Right? Yeah. It was it was bizarre, and it just doesn't seem in line with yeah. who he really is. Not his brand at all. Yeah. He's usually very magnanimous. I don't know what that means, but I'm just kidding. Hunky. Means oh, hunky. yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, but I'm glad they squashed it. I hope they could maybe be on a show together. He's a magician. Maybe he could do some um, up-close magic for her. I just want those two kids to get along is what I'm saying. It does seem like they should. Yeah, absolutely. Some birthdays for you. It is the U.S. Army's 243rd birthday. Oh, yeah. True. It's a very dramatic scene for it the Army. It really is. Uh, singer Boy George, actress Lucy Hale, and President Donald Trump. And that's what's happening. This is the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, we told you we were having this conversation, and now we are having it. You walked in on your parents making sex. That's just, <laughs> uh, no, having sex. It's not, it's not something you ever want to have happen. As I, as I mentioned last hour, you want to believe that the last time your parents ever did it was what the night you were conceived, and that was sure. it. And then they never had sex again because that was the p- purpose of it was to make a baby, okay? You don't want to think about your parents being sexual creatures at all, ever. Mm-mm. And uh, we're going to be taking your calls at 1-800-520-1067. We want to hear your embarrassing tale of walking in on your parents. Or if you're the parents and your kids walked in on you, I guess that's okay, too. But this is uh, back on our consciousness right now because Jada Pickett-Smith has a Facebook show called Red Table Talk. And she had her daughter Willow on. And Willow confessed to mom that she had walked in on Jada and Will Smith. And apparently it scarred Willow the way it would scar any of us. Here's what she said. My introduction to sex was obviously walking in on you and daddy. That was the first introduction. When the hell did you walk in on us? I was going downstairs to get some juice and I saw for a little moment and I ran away. I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy what I just see. How old? She didn't say how old she was when she saw her parents, Mm -hmm. right? Because that makes a big difference. I think so, yeah. 
Because I, I would imagine it's very confusing for you if you're four, and it's mortifying for you if you're 14. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. The younger you are, I think the better, because you just think they're wrestling naked or, oh, what are they doing? You're not thinking those two are boning right now. Right. That's you, awful. You just think they're playing, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Willow went on to say, by the way, that despite the uncomfortable moment, she did not see everything. She said, the room, it was dark. You know what I'm saying? It was silhouetted. Uh, Jada, who's been married to Will Smith for over 20 years, asked what her daughter's feelings were about the incident. And she said that she uh, had simply overstepped a boundary. So she must have been a, a significant age. She must have been a, a, a teenager by that point, I would imagine. Yeah. If she's so, talking boundaries, for sure. A three-year-old yeah, right. isn't like, you know what? I overstepped a boundary getting this juice. <laughs> you don't hear that from a, from a toddler. Right? <laughs> So one eight hundred five two zero one zero six seven. I am shocked, by the way, that um, none of us who work on this show have ever walked in on our parents, unless it's like in the recesses of our mind, and we'll only come out in future therapy sessions. Right, we I'm stopped sure. it down hard. Yeah. And one of my, one of my daughters, uh, the four year old, uh-huh. uh, we were kind of like finished, but we were chilling naked, and she woke <laughs> up in the middle of the night and she crawls into bed. We're like, ah, we're like, oh, yeah, no, we're yeah, naked. Yeah, we did that, yeah. That yeah, you don't need uh, your daughter being part of the afterglow. No. So th- did did she have to smoke too then? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all three of you, yeah. you little baby, puffing away. <laughs> oh, well, before we go to Michelle's call, you had you didn't walk in on your parents, but you saw more of your mom than you hoped to. Man, it scarred me for life, and I can't get the image out of my head. I must have been about ten years old. My mom was getting dressed, and I'm walking into the bedroom like I do to ask her something, mm-hmm. and all I all I see is her boot. And she oh. has like these huge areolas oh that I'll never Come forget. I don't and, need to know that. It ruined me forever that. because, like, uh, like a year or two afterwards, you mm-hmm. know how National Geographic would be all booberific, and yeah. that's where boys would go look at boobs. Uh-huh. All I would see was my mom's boobs. Oh. <laughs> so she, my mom ruined boobs for me for a couple of years. Oh my! Yeah, not good times. Oh no! Did she? Forgive me if this is a uh, personal question, but did she, did that experience change the kind of? Um, breasts that you enjoy like do you want a nipple oh that's completely God. different from whatever oh your mom has absolutely you know what i just you know when i was growing up i was like i want my lady to have boobies like my mama <laughs> that's what i thought to myself I being everything right now <laughs> i do too oh. all right let's talk to michelle real quick thank you omar you're 1-800-520-1067 this is montebello line one hey michelle hi guys how are you well, we're, we're, we apologize in advance for putting this back in your head because I'm sure you have tried to to stomp it down as much as you can. But here we are <laughs> opening up an old wound. What happened? Well, I was a young teenager and my mom was telling me, oh, I'm going to take a bath. And we're like, OK, you know, that's cool. And I was sitting there on the couch and I had to go to the bathroom. And so I knocked on the door. and I'm like, I got to go. And she's like, don't come in. And I'm like, but I got to go to the bathroom. It's just you. She's like, don't come in. And I'm like, I'm coming in anyways. And I walk in, and both of my parents are in the tub doing it. Oh, in the tub! <laughs> oh, man. In the tub, oh, and you'll I'm never so use that tub again. Michelle has not showered since. <laughs> oh. I have it. <laughs> Do you remember what you said or did, Michelle? How old were you again? I'm sorry. I was around 12. Okay, oh, what, did you, what did you say, or what did they, they say to you? How did the conversation go? Oh, I got yelled at. We told you not to come in. And I was like, I just saw you naked. <laughs> and I ran out. I saw everything. Oh. Everything. Oh. Because oh. when they got up, they freaked out. 
and they both stood up. I'm like, what? Like, no, no. no. Way Disgusting. no, yeah. Listen Look. to Michelle. It's like it was yesterday. Yeah, she's reliving it. <laughs> Look, I wasn't even there, and I'm scarred just from hearing Michelle tell the story. She tried. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. 1-800-520-1067. You walked in and your parents. Your call's next on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Q. Why are we doing this call-in topic? Nothing. This is nothing so okay. painful. Uh, the next five minutes, folks, are are calls of people who walked in on their parents. From the 626, this text, I was about 14. I was walking from the uh, kitchen into the den, and my stepmom was bent over the breakfast bar laughing and giggling. I heard it first, but giggling doesn't have to be scary, so I kept going. I turned the corner. Well... I could never eat at that counter space again. Understandable. I mean, again, whatever whatever space your parents are occupying is is dead to you for the rest of your life, right? Well, we know what space Dad was occupying. <laughs> yes, we do. All right, Allie, which is your favorite? We have so many wonderful calls to go to. Who do you insist on first? Oh, I, I say we save Josh for last because I think that's the worst ever. Even How, worse. Yes. But what about the, uh, the guy that caught his parents just last week? Line three, Let's talk Logan. to Logan. All right. Logan, thank you for calling. Thank you for holding on. I know this is going to be painful for you, but I'm hoping it'll be therapeutic and you'll feel better after you tell us the story. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Good. What happened, dude? So uh, just last week, I left the house. My parents were sitting in the spa. I left the house to go pick up my best friend. And uh, right when we got back, we went out back to say hi, and he just got there, and there they were just going at it right in the spa. So your friend saw too. Yeah, my best friend was with me, and we saw him. They didn't see me, and we just walked back in the house and didn't say anything. Oh, good. Oh, good. So you didn't have the confrontation where where they could get they could yell at you or you could be horrified. You just pretended it didn't happen. Well, I walked out, and I was like, hey, guys, and they saw it. I just stopped in the middle of my sentence and turned around, and I think they might have saw me, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's best if everybody pretends it didn't happen. Thank you for the call, Logan. Appreciate that. Let's go to Melissa, line five. Melissa is in Laverne. Hey, Melissa, what's going on? Hi. All right. I'm traumatic. I'm traumatized. I, I, was, I must have been like eight or nine and heard woken up in the middle of the night with some moaning of a cat, I thought. <laughs> Woke up and <laughs> my mom moaning. I think that's the worst. You can hear the moaning and I can hear it to this day. And I, it's not, it didn't happen once. It happened several times. So I don't know. That's my experience. And when you hear that, and you're and you're that young, are you worried that something's wrong with mommy? I I stopped and watched, and I saw her, you know, naked, and then I hear moaning. But yes, I did. I don't remember. I think I thought it was something was wrong, but I just kept watching, and I. Till this day, I know I can hear her moaning now. Oh, Melissa! <laughs> I know it oh. can't be silent. And I know, isn't that traumatizing? It oh, really no. is. It is very traumatizing. Now Daddy, I can hear her mom moaning. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Daddy, don't hurt mommy. Oh. All right, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Oh, this is. Oh this is my rough. God! Look at line four. Michael, Santa oh, Anna. No. Michael, how do we have the worst idea ever for a phone topic, and you figure out a way to make it worse? No idea. Pure luck. All right. What happened? So this was, I was probably 14, 15 years old. Grandma, grandma, grandpa used to take me and my two cousins camping every summer. Um, you know, I fell off my bike, so I went back to camp, you know, go get a Band-Aid, have grandma clean up my knee. Um, well, couldn't find them. Then I see the tent out of the corner of my eye sort of shaking. 
Well, what do you do when you're, you know, 14, 15? You, you, you don't unzip it. You sneak up underneath, like, the rain canopy, and there's, like, that little mesh part on the tent. And I saw Grandpa had Grandma bent over. Oh, no. <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa, everybody. I can just about walk. I can't hold a walk. I can't see too far, and I can't hear too good. Look, I know that you can be you can be grandparents in your fifties and still be sexually active, but no grandchildren need to know that ever. And they were well into their sixties, by the way. Oh wow. wow! God bless them, by the way. Amen. Bad for you, great for them. Thank you so much for the call, sir. Appreciate that. All right, let's do a couple more real quick. Let's try uh, Jonathan Line Six calling from Compton. Hey, Jonathan, welcome to the Kevin and Bean Show. I'm sorry in advance that this is painful for you, but you have to tell us what happened. Yeah, so um, it was around when I was a toddler, but at the same age where I still remember everything and I know what was going on. So I was in my parents' room. I don't know why, but I, I was sleeping there that night. So I chose the worst night to sleep there. And then um, some morning noises woke me up. And once I like kind of woke up and realized what was going on, I was stuck. And then later on, like a few minutes later, my brother walks in, turns on the light, and my parents were having sex on the floor. So then I try to, like, force myself to go back to sleep, and it wasn't working. <laughs> so the, the the whole family was involved, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I, my sister was probably sleeping on the bed as well. And just, I was, oh, my I don't remember. gosh. Oh. You guys need to live in more than one room. I don't like it. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. All right. Two more real fast. Carrie, line three, Marina Del Rey. This has a twist. Hey, Carrie. Hey, how's it going, guys? First time. What's up? Uh, first time caller here. Appreciate that. So this, this story doesn't uh, actually involve me, but does mm-hmm. involve uh, a close friend and my mom. So I was about 20 years old. Uh, I was actually going on vacation at the time. Um, uh, like an idiot, I actually told both my mom and a close friend of mine to house it while I was gone. So first mistake was there. Um, I think it was about the second day my, uh, my friend came in, I uh, went to check on the house. He brought, I think about three or four of his friends and a nice, you know, surprise to him when he uh, came over to my place was my mom, uh, in my room. First, that was, uh, you know, breaking rule number one. She was in my room, not only having sex. But she was having sex with the handyman who had been working on the house I lived in with her for about four or five years. So, yeah, the story took a couple twists there. Oh, and, uh, my yeah, God. She was, out. Was there, was she married? My, was she left. married to your father at the time? No, no. They were long since divorced, but... The, the handyman was pretty much the last person I expected her to be doing anything with. Wow. <laughs> Emphasis on handy. Well handy done. Handyman putting in work. Right? Thank you for the call. Final call. Oh, he no. You asked us to oh, save no. Josh from oh, no. T.O. Line eight. Hey, Josh. Bring it home, son. Yeah. So I was 17 years old. I came home late. I walked into a dark house. The lights totally off. And all I remember scarred into my brain was my, a profile of my mom performing oral sex on my dad on the carpet. Yeah! No, 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 no. You burn that house down, Josh. <laughs> yeah. So I froze and they just looked at me, but my mom just, she didn't withdraw. She just kind of froze too. So I just walked out of the house. And, and never came, came back. back. And we never, we never spoke about it. But that's the only solution. 
Absolutely. And after that, all bets were off for me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you can, never, uh, you can never have that conversation with them, and you should never think of it again after this day. I'm sorry, I'm exactly. sorry that we made this painful for you this morning, Josh. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Cool. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Well, Dave is in here, but he just said he had a fun fact. I want to hear this first. I was about to say, the fun fact about an avocado is mm-hmm. a lot of people believe it's from Mexico, but it's actually from here in California. But that commercial, Avocados of Mexico. No, it's from their base here in California. They were grown here. Then they ship them to Mexico and then we buy them from there? Yeah. Got it. (laughs) To make it more authentic. (laughs) So Dave is uh, fake news again, Allie? Yeah. During that segment, he said avocados are from California. And I said, then why the commercial Avocados of Mexico? Why that? And then I just was like, whatever. It's Dave. Mm -hmm. Wrong. Incorrect. Listen, I'm going to source you. You source you? I'm going to source me. I think Allie sourced you is what happened. Listen. And came up with avocados come from Mexico. Well, actually, Raul Sacido sourced Dave and then said, Mm -hmm. why do you believe anything you said. Yeah. You're right. You know, it's funny that the king of Mexico knows nothing about Mexico. I'm no Espanol. I've barely been learn? there. ¿Qué yeah. es esto? What? I'm glad you're here now, though, Dave, because you brought your kazoo with you, right? That's one thing I do know about. All right, we're going to give away some tickets to Aftershock. This is the K-Rock Party Bus to Sacramento for an amazing festival with Alice in Chains, System of a Down, Incubus, Deftones, 311, and lots more. This is a game we like to call Kazoo and You. It's Kazoo and You. Just guess the tune we play for you. It's Kazoo and You. Because we love kazoos and you do too. It's Kazoo and You. And you win some ticks, not one but two. It's Kazoo and You. Come on. Let's play kazoo and you. Kazoo! Kazoo indeed. So, Dave, you're going to be playing some of the songs that will be performed during the festival that weekend in Sacramento, and you're going to tell the caller on the line what band you're doing, right? Oh, we are? Yeah, I think that, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, because you know how in the office yesterday, how I was rocking the kazoo and it sounded great? Because we mm-hmm. knew who the band was. Well, yeah. Well, today is uh, yeah. Oh no, you took a took a turn. Uh, <laughs> oh no! We'll, all right, we'll find well, out. All right, let's uh, take them in order, Chip. We'll start with line one. This is going to be Joe Canoga Park up first. Now, if you identify the song that Dave is playing for you on the kazoo, you do go into the drawing at the end of the segment, and you might win the trip to Sacramento. You ready to play here, Joe? Yes, thank you. All right, all right. Thanks for listening. Good luck. Here's Dave. So the first song is from the band Alice in Chains. <clears throat> Okay, he just blew the kazoo so hard it flew out of his hands. I don't believe it is Rooster. I'm sorry, no. That was supposed to be Man in the Box, Dave. What were you playing? Uh, Playing the kazoo on the floor. That's what I was doing. I can kind of see it. Sorry, Joe. Thank you for playing. Anyway, already right, the zoo back together. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Okay. Here we go. Uh, let's let's say hi to Alex. She is from um, Calamesa. What the hell is Calamesa? <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is <laughs> Calamesa? <laughs> Alex, where is that? Oh, it's in between Yukaipa and Beaumont. It's in Riverside County. It's sw- his favorite. Every single city that he goes, where is that? <laughs> it's always Riverside County. Just, it's always going to be Riverside County. Okay, apparently <laughs> I don't know enough about Riverside County. <laughs> so you swear it's a real place? Yes. Okay. All right. Here's a Dave. Let's see if we can win you some tickets to leave Riverside County and head for Sacramento. Dave, what's up? All right, Alex. This is from 311. <clears throat> 
That's that's plenty. Thank you, Alex. What song is that? Um, it's all mixed up. It is. Yes. What works? All right, you are in the drawing, Alex. Well played, my dear. Carlos El Segundo up next, line three. Hey, Carlos. Hey, how are you guys? Morning. Good. We're on a little bit of a roll here. Here's Dave with his magic kazoo. <clears throat> all right, this is from the band System of a Down. Pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say chop suey. It nice. is chop suey. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually kind of impressive. Yeah. If I could be completely honest. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I mean, that was that was better than the original. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> go, to, go to hell, Carlos. Carlos wins. What? No. Right. Live door. Roger Gukamanga. This is gonna be Jimmy up next on the Kevin Bean Show. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing, man? Good morning, man. How's it going? How have you been doing? Listening on hold to your fellow contestants playing Kazoo and you. Uh, for a while. Okay. For a while. He, he, he thinks you said, how long have you been listening? No, I was asking. How, how, mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just go. Hang on, Jimmy. Here's Dave with his okay. kazoo. All right. This one's from Incubus. see where you're headed. Jimmy, what Incubus song is that, please? Is it Drive? It is not. No, no Drive is... That's Drive. That's not it bad, was, yeah. It was stellar. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. For you. We're doing the Kazoo and You for Aftershock Sacramento tickets. Transportation on the K-Rock Party Bus for the big two-day festival in Sacramento. Let's move along to Daniel. Glendora. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? Glad you're able to uh, get in on the game. Here's Dave with his kazoo. All right, we're going back to Seattle and Alice in Chains. That's enough. Daniel, what song is that? Spare us. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Man in the Box. Oh, what are you doing? What? The Man in the Box guy guessed Rooster. The Rooster guy guessed Man in the Box. Rooster, it's Rooster. It's Rooster. Well, yeah, we know that, but you didn't say that. It sounded like he was killing a cat over there or something. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Daniel. All right, we just have time for one more contestant. It's going to be Joanna Canoga Park, line six. Uh, Was that on Dave or was that on the caller? What do you guys think? Uh, It sounded like Rooster. And if you you know that it's going to be another Alice in Chains song and it's not Man in the Box, you say Rooster. Yeah, yeah. All right, Joanna, final contestant. You ready to play? Good morning. Yes, Good morning. All right, right, Good luck. Fingers crossed for you. (laughs) This is System of a Down. That is not a pretty sound, I'll tell you that. 
But Joanna, it could be your ticket to Sacramento. What song is it by System of a Down? Um, I'm gonna say Sugar. It is nice. Sugar. I don't know why they haven't had you join the group yet, Dave. Seriously. All right, Joanna is in, Carlos is in, Alex is in. Unfortunately, only one of them will win tickets to the festival in Sacramento, October 13th and 14th. It's Aftershock, Carrick Road Trip 2018, destination number two. Miss Allie McKay, pick a winner, please. Uh, Dave picked it, and it's the lady from Riverside County, Alex. (laughs) Alex? Yes! We just got you out of Calamesa. Yeah! I mean, to Sacramento. (laughs) To Sacramento, right. It's it's the right direction, I guess. Thank you for listening. Thank you for winning. Thank you for playing. Kazoo and you. Kazoo and you. Kazoo! It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. 23 minutes from right now, you guys, is when the new Kevin and Bean limited edition t-shirt goes on sale. It's one of my favorite ones we've ever done. Your friend, Allie Siegel. Allie, the good Allie, we call her. Right. Did some tremendous artwork that we ended up putting on the Kevin and Bean billboard. That's the picture of Kevin and Bean on the front. And it's a white t-shirt just in time for summer. There's a, a, a men's version and a ladies version. But here's the thing. Great price, 20 bucks plus tax. Great cause. Some of the proceeds go to Kevin and his wife's uh, charity, Friends and Helpers. Only available for 24 hours. That's the important thing to keep in mind. This cannot be a take a note. Uh, next week I'll get around to it. No, you got to get it within the next 24 hours starting at 10 a.m. today through 10 a.m. Friday. Go to krock.com to buy your Kevin and Bean t-shirt, and we thank you in advance. I think you're going to be real happy with this one. All right, one last look at what's happening on this Thursday morning. Here's Allie. Hey, just a reminder, 11.30 this morning, Jeff Goldblum getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah! Kids love them. If you want to head out there, it's in front of the Hologram USA Theater. That's at 6656 Hollywood Boulevard. Ed Bagley Jr. will be helping unveil the star for the ceremony. Um, He's also going to plug a little bit of his upcoming movie, um, a little movie called Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which, of course, opens up next weekend, Friday, June 22nd. Now, am I a dummy to not know this, but is Ed Bagley Jr. part of that franchise as well? Or were they the big chill together? Oh, I, I mean, I know they know each other, but I just wondered if, if Ed was in, in that franchise. I don't think, I don't think so. so. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Was he in the big chill? Let's uh, let's not get uh, railroaded. Let's get deep in the weeds right <laughs> now. Ed Bigley Jr., right? Um, the point is Jeff Goldblum's getting a star and you can be there. Yeah, but why would Ed Bigley Jr. be there? It's like Kevin Klein and William Hurt. Who else was in the big show? Great soundtrack, right? Who's with me? Give a call right now if you love that soundtrack. Stay on target. Stay on target. (laughs) This is a really interesting thing. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, he has everything we could ever dream of, right? Except a career in the CIA. What? Whoa. He posted a flashback photo on Instagram in his orange Hurricanes football uniform. And he said that he admitted to wanting to work for the government agency while he was in college, but then was totally disheartened when a teacher at the University of Miami told him that he had to get a law degree, essentially, to then go into the CIA. It would be best for him. That was the best way in. And Dwayne said he's man enough to admit that no law school would let him in with his, quote, pile of steaming S grades. So he, uh... He wanted to be in the CIA. 
Well, he got the last laugh when he starred in the movie Central Intelligence. Uh, that is the last laugh indeed. Or when he looks at his bank account and he makes a reported $190 million. I mean, I feel like at that point you say, I've done okay yeah. in the money aspect of my yeah. life. And he seems to really enjoy what he's doing, too. It's not like he's living a life of misery now because he couldn't be in the CIA. Agreed. Look, here's the thing about The Rock. Uh, he'd be good at anything that he did. You know what I mean? He's uh, yeah. just one, one of those people who knows how to succeed. I agree with that. What a wonderful way to be remembered. He's just a guy that knew how to succeed. Yeah. Anything he wanted to do, he could probably do. Hey, Dwayne Johnson 2020. I'm not I'm not even kidding. Uh, I don't Okay. Hey, Rihanna managed to majorly tick off uh, Sandra Bullock at the premiere of their new movie, Ocean's 8. Sources tell In Touch that the entire cast, including Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, and James Corden, were all on time. But Rihanna showed up 40 minutes late. She was on Rockstar time. Word is, Sandra Bullock was annoyed and was uh, not pleased. Not pleased at all. Listen... We work with someone that uh, doesn't own a clock, <laughs> never feels that he needs to be places on time. He or she. He or could, she. Could be anybody you could be talking about. It it happens. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, you know, you made the effort. Can't you? Sometimes it gums up the works a little bit when things don't run on time. Gums up the works. It's <laughs> exactly what it does. <laughs> is, that, is that for the 1920s bean file? Who? Gumps up the works. Is that not an expression anymore? I mean, in old-timey land, sure. Okay. Uh, really, gumps up the works, she. That's just bizarre. I've never heard that. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. I like it. Um, Riri, be on time. That's the takeaway here. I mean, if it's a if it's a red carpet premiere, you'd yeah. think you'd want pictures with the whole cast. That yeah, you got a lot, a lot of people uh, dependent on you. Absolutely. Um, this is really interesting to me. WebMD.com says that more than 1.3 million cosmetic procedures were performed on U.S. men in 2017. Over the past five years, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons says that there's been a 23% increase in liposuction, a 12% increase in tummy tucks, and a 30% increase in male breast reductions. That's I a, mean, wow. I get, I get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, men would want to do it for the same reason women want to do it, is if you have the ability to look better than you do... You do it. Absolutely. Uh, Younger men tended to focus more on enhancing their bodies, while older men were having minimally invasive facial procedures, uh, like 100,000 men had filler injections. That's a 99% increase since the year 2000, and a fourfold increase in Botox injections. I mean, dudes... I don't have, uh, no names come to mind, but Mm -hmm. I will tell you that it is impossible to watch television with my wife without her pointing out how many Botox faces she sees going through that, by that screen. People whose faces just don't move anymore. Right. It's so, so common on television now. Well, and for so long, men were kind of allowed to age gracefully, especially on television. So now if you're seeing dudes' foreheads not moving, Mm -hmm. I mean, something's happening, right? Yeah, for sure. (sighs) Butt injections penis enlargement that didn't make the list but i say dudes opt for that if you if you're really going to go under the knife huh? do something for the ladies that's what i'm saying or the men or I'm, the not, men. I'm just saying sure listen do what makes you happy and by the way overstock 
OverstockArt.com is releasing a line of Donald Trump-inspired wall decor. Have you heard about this? I have not. Over the past six months, uh, the website has noticed an increase in custom design requests that incorporate both Donald Trump and former President Barack Obama into classic masterpieces. And a number of them have involved Trump-styled versions of the famous painting The Scream or Napoleon Crossing the Alps. So the website has developed its own presidential line of custom artworks set for release on the site later this month. What are you doing in your house with that art? Yeah. What's happening? Weird choice. Very weird choices. Weird. It used to be very common in this country many decades ago for people to hang presidents of the United States in their home. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd go into every third or fourth home in the United States would have John F. Kennedy on the wall. Oh, instance. and in Boston, every home. Yeah, right. But who in the 21st century wants a U.S. president on their wall? Sit down. Yeah, exactly. Very. I'm surprised to hear how much of an uptick there has been. I kind of get it with Barack Obama, the first African-American president. That's Mm -hmm. understandable. Something to to look at and that's something that's attainable and amazing after all those years of never thinking it would happen. Right, right. And uh, Trump fans... Man, do they love Trump. They sure do. So They sure do. So maybe, maybe it makes sense. Okay. Maybe it makes sense. I want the screen picture. I thought the Kevin screen picture from um, Vegas was the best. but was great. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Now I might want this. Speaking of uh, Donald Trump, it's his birthday today, as well as actress Lucy Hale, singer Boy George, and the U.S. Army celebrates 243 years. And that's what's happening. Thank you, Allie. A 5 p.m. commercial-free hour. You got it thanks to a random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers today. Tomorrow on the show, it's Friday, first of all. That it's, means we got uh, a brand new... Friday. Friday, right. we got Friday. a brand new Kevin Amin Internet Roundup. Uh, also, a new uh, round of What's Up with Florida on the show tomorrow. Today is Jersey, as you know. So, Omar will recap tonight's Jersey Shore episode. By the way, doesn't it seem like this season has been going on for a year? It does, and I think he's only done about four or five. It's been a, it's been a, <laughs> it feels like a long time. Um, Dr. Drew joins us on the program tomorrow. And because it's Friday, our tradition is just after now, you pick any song you want us to play. We'll be happy to. It's called Keep It 100. All of that tomorrow right here on the World Famous K-Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 